Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, welcome everyone to the quick edition of March Madness Men's Basketball. I'm your host, Andy Katz. Well, the Final Four is set. And what a Final Four it's going to be down in New Orleans. The chaos of March Madness has been replaced by Blue Bloods. We've got Duke, Carolina. First time ever meeting in the NCAA tournament, which is so hard to imagine. you got Coach K, 42nd year, last year in the NCAA tournament, going for his sixth national title in his 13th Final Four, eclipsing John Wooden. You can argue that, and I don't think there's any argument, that Mike Krzyzewski will go down as the greatest coach ever in the sport. Yes, surpassing John Wooden. The numbers back it up. Did it in multiple decades, different kinds of teams, in an era with one and done, NIL now lately. The GOAT is Coach K. On the other side, Villanova, Kansas. Kansas, first Final Four since 2018 when they lost in the national semifinal to Villanova, which ultimately won the national championship. Kansas, the only number one seed left, but you got two seeds, Villanova and Duke. Carolina, an eight, more to their seed, not their talent. North Carolina dispatching St. Peter's, which of course was the Cinderella story, up to the Elite Eight. 15 seed, first time ever a 15 has ever been to the Elite Eight. I mean, St. Peter's knocked off Kentucky in the first round, Murray State, then Purdue. Just absolute incredible run for Shaheen Holloway, who will be on his way to Seton Hall. Replacing Kevin Willard, who went down to Maryland. Holloway will go to his alma mater at Seton Hall. But what a run by St. Peter's. Gave us plenty of drama. Great storyline out of Jersey City. Tiny little school in the MAC. That's the MAC with two A's. Carolina getting past fellow Blue Blood UCLA in the Sweet 16. Duke going out to San Francisco. Knocking off Texas Tech in a very physical, gritty game. Arkansas, which had beaten Gonzaga, then lost to Duke. Duke, what a job, Coach K, mixing in a little zone. Jeremy Roach, outstanding point guard play. Paolo Boncaro, stepped up, elite player. Mark Williams, I don't think people talk enough about Mark Williams. Mark Williams right now has had more impact on the game than Chet Holmgren. And Chet Holmgren gets all the hype. But Mark Williams, physical, rim protector, keeping his block shots in play. He's been amazing in this tournament in the last month of the college basketball season. He's going to have to be a first-round pick, maybe a lottery pick. Absolutely sensational. Villanova beat Michigan and then a gritty win over Houston. Only gave up 44 points. Houston just really couldn't score. Houston had knocked off Arizona, the top seed in the south down in San Antonio. The absolutely just unfortunate thing was that Justin Moore, one of their better scorers, tears his Achilles right at the end of that game. So he is gone for the season, obviously, will not play in the Final Four. So Villanova is going to actually have to reinvent itself again. Jermaine Samuels played very well in that region. Colin Gillespie stepped up again as an MVP-type player, was Big East MVP. 
So they're going against a Kansas team that they beat in 2018 handily. But Kansas, Oche Abaji, as I said, the only Naismith finalist uh, remaining. Remy Martin, MVP of the region. And Remy Martin was a preseason Big 12 player. They transferred from Arizona State. And yet here we are with Remy Martin playing his best basketball after his sort of circuitous route to get to this point. Knee injury, didn't play well. And now in this tournament, he's been outstanding. And they ran away in the second half of Miami. And so now Kansas goes into that game clearly as the favorite. I think Duke does against Carolina, but I think we're going to have a great, great national semifinal night, certainly with the nightcap of Duke and Carolina uh, heading into the title game. And obviously we'll talk about that next week in North Carolina. Hey, I want to address one thing about this blue blood thing. No one owns the definition of blue blood, okay? I shouldn't react to people on Twitter, but I'm going to. To me, you know what my definition is? You don't have to listen to me, but I'm going to tell you my definition. My definition is, have you won consistently? Do you have national titles? Or have you been a consistent number one seed and dominated your conference? Villanova's got two of the last five national championships. They won a title in the 80s. So they've had multiple championships in different decades. They're coached by a Hall of Famer. Yeah, they have blue in their color. They're a blue blood. They may be a new blue blood. They're a blue blood. Deal with it, okay? Don't just give me UCLA and Carolina and Duke and Kentucky and Kansas. No one owns that definition. It's, it's not cemented like no one can ever be a blue blood again. You know, some people consider Indiana blue blood. There's no blue in there. Obviously, of great history. I would argue you could, if they maybe won one title, I don't know. You could certainly make an argument for Gonzaga. Two national championship finishes. Number one seed, I think, five times. But if, if your criteria is a title, I'll, I'll yield to that. But Villanova is there. They dominate. They are blue as blue as blue. They are a better program right now overall than UCLA. You could make an argument more consistent than Kentucky. which Not that these programs are way down, but Villanova belongs. So, unbelievable Final Four. Let's get to a couple of interviews that I did live here in Chicago. The Midwest Regional with Kansas head coach Bill Self and Ochai Abaji, the only remaining Naismith finalist still playing in March Madness. Well, Bill, your fourth trip to a Final Four never gets old. How sweet is this one? Uh, this one's sweet. They're all sweet. Of course, knocked on the door many times and didn't didn't jump through it, uh, but this was extra speed. I, I don't know that this team started, I think, preseason number four, and uh, we probably played our way to about a 10th ranking, but it's hard to start there and stay there, and a lot of people know that, And, and uh, but this team did, and, and uh, you know, I said all along that uh, we're not, we haven't been whole all year, and, and was Remy named MVP? I think it was. So was Remy named MVP? Yes. So to think that we haven't had the MVP of the Midwest Regional basically the whole season, and, and so we still we still can play better, uh, uh, but he's certainly a huge reason why. The second half was the Kansas that we thought we would see many times this season. What changed at halftime to the second half? Well, you know, K.J. Adams in, in 29 seconds guarded uh, 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 McGusky right for the first time the whole game. I mean, he got anywhere he wanted the, the, the first half, and I think he showed everybody, hey, if you just, you know, you want to respect him, but you don't want to fear him. And we we feared that he he could uh, he could beat us off the bounce all day. And, and uh, we got after him the second half. The key was Juan. 
you know, we, we started face guarding him and put one on him, and that's when we made our run. You spoke with Ochevaji. I saw on the, uh, on the podium there. Think about his journey, his arc as someone who's going to redshirt, and he becomes a first-team All-American. We'll see if he's the player of the year. What can you say what he's done for you in this program? Well, I, I told him, I said, you know, Oach, uh, there's only one player that's had as good a senior year as you, and that was Devontae. First-team All-American, he took his team to the Final Four. You have a chance to have the best year that anybody's had here in the last 20. And, uh, of course, we got to go play well in New Orleans, but it's been an unbelievable journey for him and one that I'm so proud that I was able to play a small part of it. And finally, what does it say that you guys are the only one that got there, uh, that how difficult it is to win four games to get to the Final Four? Yeah, I, I don't know that it says much. I'll, I'll be, I, I've never been into all that stuff because if the tournament started this week, it may be a fully four different teams playing, but but we were we were opportunistic. We hung in there against Creighton and got it done. We hung in there against Ed and Providence and and got it done. Uh, but tonight was the first time I felt like we played, and, and uh, we did play well. Congratulations! Thanks, Andy. Well, Chad, when you began this journey, supposed to redshirt, seems probably like a lifetime ago. Get through COVID, and here you are heading to the Final Four. How do you put into words what this journey has been like for you to get to this moment? Um, it's, been a, it's been a weird journey, uh, obviously, with COVID and, you know, not having all the fans and not, not appreciating this moment and, you know, having everybody in the stands. I think it's just been weird, but uh, everything comes full circle. Um, I remember watching this, Devontae and them, uh, when I was a senior in high school, getting to the Final Four, and now I'm here doing it. Coach spoke with you on the podium uh, about how important you've been to this program. What do those words mean to you? Uh, they mean so much, especially coming from him. Um, I love him to death. He's done so much for me. And it's just crazy because, you know, we're not done. We're, not, we, uh, we're actually still motivated to, to do more for him and uh, do more for this program. Second half, completely different team. Like, that's the team we thought we would see from KU. What changed in that halftime locker room? We knew we were due for it. Um, it had been a long time coming. Uh, second weekend of, of us not playing the best in the first half or just, you know, throughout the whole entire game. Uh, we knew we had the best uh, coming out of us, you know, just in offense. But uh, defensively, I think that's when we locked in and keyed on. You say there's more work to do. What's it going to take to win two more? Um, just the same stuff that's got us here. Um, the same that's kept us on this roll. Uh, even ever ever since uh, uh, postseason, it's just, it's just huge. So I'm just proud of my team, man. Uh, it's just been a long run, but we're still trying to keep it going. Congratulations. We'll see you in New Orleans. Yep, thank you. Joined now by Robbie Hummel former Purdue player, current analyst with Big Ten Network, Westwood One, and ESPN, among many jobs. Robbie, let's look at the Sweet 16 and overall in this tournament. First of all, just your overall impressions of what we've seen in this edition of March Madness. Well, I think that it always delivers for, for what we want it to be. It's one of the best sporting events in, in not just this country, but all the world. And I think when you look at the drama that gets built with the NCAA tournament, the finishes we get, there is nothing better seeing college kids that get to live out their dreams, going to the Sweet 16, going to the Elite Eight, and now making their way to the Final Four. Only one number one seed got there, Kansas to New Orleans. Uh, it just shows how difficult it is to win four games. You've played in this tournament. How hard is it, especially when you are a higher seed? It, it is hard because especially when, when you're the higher seed and you get down, the buildings turn on you. It's always going to happen. We, we've seen it multiple times in this event here this year. I just think that when I was a player, you understood what the moment was. You see who's calling your game courtside. Some of the best announcers in, in the country. Also guys like, like Reggie Miller are sitting courtside. 
unbelievable experience, and I think that this this event always lives up to to what it's going to bring. Villanova uh, won the Big East uh, tournament. Colin Gillespie comes back from a knee injury. Unfortunately, at this juncture, we don't know the status of Justin Moore, but it didn't look good. Uh, just their overall run to win that South Regional down in San Antonio uh, ended up beating a very good Houston team prior to that, Michigan out of the Big Ten. What are your, what's your take on Villanova? Toughness and fundamentals. And I think that you can say that about pretty much every one of, of Jay Wright's teams. You have a great point guard in Colin Gillespie. The Justin Moore thing is tough because you're watching them celebrate achieving this incredible goal of going to the Final Four but you're waiting to see what, what your guy is, is health-wise as well. So fingers crossed it's maybe not as bad as we maybe think, but just an incredible job by, by one of the best coaches in all of college basketball. Kansas here for the fourth time under Bill Self. Uh, they won the Midwest Regional by beating Miami. This is a team led by Ochai Abaji, who is one of the four Naismith finalists and the only one still playing in the tournament. Remy Martin ends up being the MVP of the Midwest Regional. He came in hyped as the Big 12 preseason player of the year from Arizona State, had injuries, never got going until March. What's your, what are your thoughts on Kansas? Well, I think they're whole. You know, Remy Martin dealt with this knee injury almost all season, and he was never able to live up to the expectations because of the fact that he was injured. But now you're looking at this group, and I think that the, the win against Miami is the first time that we have seen just how lethal Kansas can be. You know, they can get out in transition. They can play in the open floor. They can get you in the half court. David McCormick was huge in the win against the Hurricanes. Abaji, you, you talked about how good he's been. He finally shot the ball better. Um, I just think that Kansas can beat you in a number of ways. And I thought defensively they were terrific against Miami. I mean, overall, uh, you know, as we headed into Sunday's game between St. Peter's and North Carolina, what are your thoughts on the St. Peter's story of a 15 from a tiny school in Jersey City getting all the way knocking off teams like Kentucky and Purdue. Just overall, that, that storyline that has captivated people the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I liked it until they beat Purdue. <laughs> and then I didn't like it so much. They've had an incredible run. Um, just the, the coaches, the players there have all bought in. Um, when you're looking at taking down programs like Kentucky and Purdue who, who have these big budgets and you're St. Peter's, that's a heck of an achievement. And I think the way that they play with a real freedom, but they pressure the basketball, not a big team, um, but big heart. Robbie, St. Peter's was obviously the biggest Cinderella in this NCAA tournament. Um, but how difficult is it for those teams? A year ago, we saw Oral Roberts get to this week 16 to sustain it to that second weekend. Well, it's really hard because the teams just get better and better. And certainly you have to upset somebody in the first round. But as you move on in this tournament, the competition level and the pressure only increases. It's amazing as a player, you see it all the time. You think the first weekend is heavily covered by the media, well, it only gets more so covered in the second weekend, and then you get to the Final Four, and it's it's a madhouse. So I think each round, you feel the intensity pick up, the level the teams pick up, and I think that's why we see it is so hard to advance deep into this tournament when you, when you can upset someone in the opening round. Robbie, two things can be true here. Regular season can be great. Big Ten had nine. SEC had six. You can fail in the postseason in terms of March Madness. Uh, I mean, I know Arkansas got to the Elite Eight, but neither SEC or Big Ten will be in the Final Four. Uh, how do you gauge regular season success versus March Madness success? Well, I look at it as every game is a one-game entity. And I think when you take that into account, you could have a really good regular season and play poorly on any certain day. Now, you could also play great on any certain day. And I think because of that, 
you can't look into the fact that, hey, yeah, the Big Ten's been so overrated. Well, no, I just think that they've had a bad tournament, or the SEC, same deal. Um, I think everybody looks at it in an absolute manner, and I don't think that that's really fair to do. All right, last topic, the biggest topic, Coach K. Uh, getting to the Final Four, 13th time, a record 13th time. Uh, I was at that Duke-Carolina game. They did not play well. They did not play well against Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. Clearly, they have flipped the script. We always knew they had immense talent. A little sprinkling, a little zone. Your thoughts on Coach K getting this Duke team out of the West region to the Final Four? He's pushed all the right buttons, and I think that that's no surprise because we've seen him do it time and time again. Really talented group. They have super good players, and that always helps, I think. But when you've got a guy like a Mike Krzyzewski uh, running the show, and he has had magic in, in this tournament. I think it's just an incredible achievement for his team coming off of the Carolina loss in his last game at home. I'm sure that was a tough, tough thing to deal with for both the coaches and the players. But now, I mean, you've made it to the promised land of the Final Four, and I'm sure they anxiously await to see who they will play in that, in that first game. Appreciate it, Robbie. Thank you. Of course. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness Men's Basketball. Next time... We talk. I will be in New Orleans covering the Final Four for NCAA Digital. Thanks for listening, everyone.